Open your Bible with me, please, to the book of Acts, chapter 11. I hope I'll be a blessing to you tonight. That's my desire, to be a help. And I've asked God to really move upon my heart that I might bring what He'd have me to share with you in the message for tonight. I'm preaching on the subject, the portrait of a real Christian. As you look through the scriptures, you begin to wonder, who could I use to be a portrait of a real Christian? Well, here it is, right in the Word of the Lord, and I want to share it with you. Acts chapter 11 and verse number 20. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which was at Jerusalem. And they sent Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch, who when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man, and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarshish for to seek Saul. When he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. It came to pass that for a whole year, they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Would you pray with me, please, Father? Thank you now. I pray that you'll bless the reading of your word. And oh, Lord, I need your presence tonight. I need you just to show up in our midst and bless our hearts. Lord, not only to uh, give liberty to me, but I pray that you'll touch ears to listen, hearts to receive, and even wills to obey, that we might put the Word of God into shoe leather and become doers of thus saith the Lord. I pray that you'll bless Brother Gooseby as he'll come in a little while, anoint him, and use him, Lord. We need to hear from heaven, and I pray that you'll just let us do it for your glory in Jesus' wonderful, matchless name, amen. The Romans had a custom of placing statues of great men in their homes and in their places of business. The purpose of this was to acquaint their children with great men and have them to uh, imitate and uh, get counsel from some of the good parts of these great men. In our day, we need some heroes of the faith. We need some people that we can look up to and say, thank God for that person and thank God for the work they're doing for the Lord Jesus Christ. Barnabas was such a man. Thank God for this man of God. And I want to share some things with you tonight about him as we look at Barnabas, the portrait of a real Christian. Turn with me, if you will, to Acts chapter 4. 
Look with me at verses 36 and verse 37. Here I want to describe Barnabas. We're going to look at him in the book of Acts. And here we see his personality described. Thank God to have a personality like Barnabas. In Acts 4, 36 and 7 says, And Joas, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. In his personality, we see it revealed in his name. The word Joas or Joseph just means added. Here was a man that was not satisfied with just being added to the Lord. The disciples saw something in him and they changed his name to become Barnabas. Now in the Bible, a person's name reveals their character or their nature. And if the person's character or nature did not coincide with their name, they would change their name like they did with Barnabas. They saw something in this man that they wanted to be like. Barnabas was an encourager. You know, I've met and been around some fellas, and when you left, you felt like your mother just, mother-in-law just moved in with ten suitcases. <laughs> Amen? I, I've met with some fellas, and when I left, I had the mully grubs. I mean, I, whoo, I tell you, but I've been around some I love this. I like to get around folks that's excited about serving Jesus. I like to get around young Christians that are fresh and they're in love with Jesus and want to talk about Jesus and the things of God. Thank God for those kind of people. That's the type of person that Barnabas was. We find that he was added And then he was an encourager in the Lord. Jesus said in John 17 and verse 6, He said, Father, I have manifested thy name unto the men thou gavest to me in the world. Now, did that mean that Jesus went about saying God's name is Jehovah or his name is Elohim? No, it doesn't mean that at all. He is simply saying, God, I have manifested your very character and your nature to this world that's about us. That's what it means, and that's what Barnabas had. His name reveals his character. Then, I believe not only was his character revealed in his name, but his character or his personality was revealed in his nature. Verse 37 said uh, that he had land and he sold it and brought the money, laid it at the apostles' feet. Oh, praise God for them kind of folks in the church. Amen. Thank God one fellow said we're going to, we don't have money to build and we're going to have the people to just come and sign a note with us. One fellow said, "I, I don't believe I'll sign that note. He said, why not? He said, well, I don't find that in the scripture. He said, well, all right, if you, if you want to follow the scripture, well, let's do it God's way. Instead of putting your house up as a mortgage, sell it and bring me the money. 
he said, where's that note? I'll sign it. Amen. <laughs> Barnabas lived from an overflow. History is here to inform us. Doctrine is to instruct us. But we need some examples like Barnabas to inspire us to go on and be what God wants us to be for his glory in this walk of life. So we see a personality described. Now turn with me please to the book of Acts chapter 9 verse 26 and verse 27. Here we see his personal discovery. Thank God for this man called Barnabas. Look at what it says in verses 26 and 7. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples. But they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. They'd heard of what he had done in Jerusalem and even got papers to go to Damascus and to imprison and kill the saints. And they said, we don't want anything to do with this man. He no doubt is trying to find out who we are and where we worship that he might do us harm. They were afraid of him, the Bible said. Then in, then in verse 27 it said, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way that he had spoken to him and how he preached boldly at Damascus in the name of of Jesus. Oh, praise God. What a discovery. Amen. Think about, I, I, I think a, here we see a Christian with God's love. First, we see a welcoming hand. The Bible said he took him. I, I don't believe we can introduce somebody else to another person successfully until we receive them under our own selves. Amen. And here it said Barnabas took him, and he took him to himself. But then not only we see a welcoming hand, but we see a warm heart. The scripture said he brought him to the disciples. He brought him in to present him, and to present his ministry and his personality, and, and how God was using him for his glory. So we see the Christian with God's love. But then I want to see the church would have lost very much had not Barnabas made this powerful discovery, this personal discovery of the Apostle Paul. Notice the church would have lost an apostle to the Gentiles. Now Paul had a hard time putting that over. It was easy to save as an apostle to the, to the Hebrews, but you know, every group that God ever sets aside he puts one person over them. The 12 tribes had someone over them. They had set an apostle over them. But the Gentiles, when they were grafted in, thank God, he just called Paul the apostle, that he might be the apostle to the Gentiles for God's glory. He was an apostle to the Gentiles to be a witness and win them to the Lord Jesus Christ. But not only would the church have lost an apostle to Gentiles to witness, but also they would have lost an anointed of God to write. 
all the epistles of the New Testament were penned down by this great apostle that was here brought to the disciples at Jerusalem and introduced to them and uh, give a recommendation that he might be used of God in the church. Now, right quickly, I want you to turn back over with me to Acts chapter 11. Let's begin this time with verse 24, talking about Barnabas. And here we see not only his personality described in his personal discovery, but we see his powerful delivery. Thank God for the delivery that this man of God had. Look at what he said. For he was a good man. Well, I'm glad God said that. He was a good man. The only way you can be a good man is have God. Amen. There's none good within ourselves. But he was a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. Much people was added to the Lord. I mean, when he arrived on the scene, the, the church at Jerusalem heard of this, this stir at Antioch. And a lot of Gentiles were getting in. And they said, uh, uh, who could we send to see what's happening up there? We don't want to send somebody that would throw a wet blanket on it and, and uh, smother it down. Who could we send? Praise God, let's just send the encourager. Let's send Barnabas. The, the word Barnabas means son of encouragement. They said, let's send him that he might encourage the people further in the work of God. The Bible said when he arrived and had seen the grace of God. I've preached a lot of sermons on the grace of God. I've read a lot of books on the grace of God. And I've heard a lot of sermons preached on the grace of God. But I had the same privilege as Barnabas. I, a few times in my life, have seen the grace of God. As God began to move upon hearts and in lives and make a difference in them. The Bible said that when much people were saved, and this is a pretty good problem to have, they had more saved than they could disciple. Amen. They believed in discipling people when they got saved. And they had much people saved. And so uh, Saul went to find Barnabas to help out. But I want you to see that uh, Barnabas' dedication was complete. He had spiritual control in his life. The Bible said he was full of the Holy Ghost. Oh, praise God. I love that message Brother Blue preached on the Holy Spirit, didn't you? Praise God. We need some spirit-filled Christians in our day to reveal Jesus in this generation. He had spiritual control. He was full. I don't mean... He wasn't half full. <laughs> Praise God, he is full of the Holy Ghost. And then the Bible teaches not only to have spiritual control, but he had steadfast confidence. The Bible said he was full of faith. <laughs> Whoa, he just believed God could do it. 
He just believed God was at work and he was standing back and watching as God manifested himself and worked among the people. So here we see his powerful discovery. We see in in this passage, uh, his dedication was complete, but then we see his discipleship teaching companion. So many folks got saved, he couldn't disciple them. So he said, I I know what I'll do. I'll just go down to Tarshish. And I'll find Saul. And I'll get him to come back. And the Bible tells us that, look at, at verse 25 and 6. He sought for Paul in verse 25. And then in verse 26, they started a school. Can you just imagine for a few minutes sitting in a class with Barnabas and Paul the Apostle teaching for an entire year? No wonder they were called Christians first at Antioch. Did you know you're bragging when you tell somebody you're a Christian? You're saying I'm Christ-like? It's best to call yourself a disciple and let them call you a Christian. And here they were so Christ-like in their personality and in their being. The Bible teaches us, thank God, they were called Christians in this place. Then I want you to turn with me, please, to Acts 13, verses 2 and 3. I want you to also see Barnabas' peculiar dedication. What a dedicated servant this man was. Thank God for his dedication to the work. He wasn't dedicated to a program. He wasn't dedicated to a denomination. He is dedicated to the Lord and determined he was going to follow him. First, I want you to see in verse 2 and 3, and they ministered or as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. Oh, if we could just get back to the days when churches heard from God. And God spoke to the church and said, Separate unto us Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I've called them. The Bible said, and when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and they sent them away. Praise God for the dedication revealed to us in this story. I I want to say that Barnabas was dedicated in spite of the position he lost. Now in in verse 2 of this passage The Bible said, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul. Always in the scripture when it talks about people, the person first mentioned is the leader. In every occasion where the 12 apostles are mentioned, Peter's name is always without exception to be first. He was their leader. And here Barnabas started out as the leader. And the Bible teaches us in uh, verses, look, look at, at verse number 13. Paul stood and preached against this false prophet, ministered, and God anointed 
him in such a way. The Bible said, now when Paul and his company, wow, started out as Barnabas and Saul, but now it becomes Paul and his company. Look down, please, at verse 43. Now, when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas. Here we see Paul's name again first. Look at verse 46. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed coal. You see, Barnabas started as the leader, and now he becomes the assistant. I wonder how many of us could handle that. Amen? How many of us? If God sends us out and we're the leader, and all of a sudden the fellow working with us takes our place, our position, and here we find Barnabas lost his position. He become the assistant instead of the senior leader. Didn't stop Barnabas. He was as dedicated in that position as he had been dedicated in the position of leadership. Wherever God puts us, whatever God wants us to do, we just need to remain dedicated to the work and the cause of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let God use us for his glory. And so he started as a leader and then became an assistant. He did not quit. Thank God for his dedication. He was remained dedicated in spite of the position he lost. But he remained dedicated in spite of the person who left. Look again at verse 13. And he said, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. Oh, here was Barnabas' nephew. And he left the work. Didn't stop Barnabas. He just kept on working for the glory of the Lord. Thank God. You know, I, I wonder, why, why did John leave? Maybe it was because of anger. Here, this preacher, Barnabas, was leading. Now, Paul takes over the leadership. And Uncle Barnabas was put on the sideline. Did he get mad at that and go back? It was in the same verse where Paul and his company had set out and Barnabas left. Or maybe it was ambition that caused him to leave. He no doubt felt under Uncle Barnabas. He could have prospered and gained a good position as he worshiped and served God. But now, under Paul the Apostle, he didn't know whether that worked or not. So, sometimes people who are good people, sometimes people who love the Lord, leave when a relative leaves. Amen? Relative gets mad and leaves out, and others leave with them. Not Barnabas. He remained dedicated in spite of the person who left. Amen. I'm going to stick it out and stay with this thing for Jesus' glory. Amen. Thank God 
What a dedication. I believe that's what God's pleased with in your life and in mine tonight. Then I want you to turn over, please, right quickly to the book of Acts chapter 15. Here we see a passionate decision by the Barnabas. I mean, his passionate decision that he has to make in this chapter. Look at verse 36 through verse 39. And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them. Who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work? I mean... No doubt Paul said, how can we go to these churches and preach victory when we are carrying a quitter along with us? He just didn't think it'd work. And so the Bible said, in the, look at verse 39, and the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus, a sharp contention. It becomes so sharp, that word contention here, I mean, it, it means anger was expressed. I mean, the Bible teaches us that here Barnabas had to make a decision whether to follow along with Paul or whether to do what he felt in his heart was right. And so he chose to take, Bar uh, to take Mark and sail to Cyprus. A man who had been a quitter in the past now brought such a severe uh, thing with the Apostle Paul and Barnabas that they departed company. But not only I want you to see a, sh a sharp, severe contention but I want you to see a, a second chance. Here's a man, this is why he's a great Christian. He put his own ministry on the line in order to salvage somebody else's ministry. Amen? Isn't that what God wants us to do? He wants us to love one another and help one another. Had Paul forgotten so soon that Barnabas had given him a second chance. You see, Paul had preached so in Jerusalem that they sought to kill him. And they got him out of town and he went home to Tarsus. Staying there until Barnabas sought him out and brought him with him to Antioch to preach in that school for a year for the glory of the Lord. But now, he's not showing interest in salvaging someone's life. Thank God the apostle Peter got a second chance. Amen. Well, I'll tell you, I'm glad that God gives us a second chance. I mess up more than I like to talk about. But 
God, don't throw me under the bus. Amen. God loves me and he'll send somebody along to help out. Just as he did in this situation. Barnabas gave John Mark a second chance and salvaged his ministry. Oh, uh, Paul recognized later that he must have been wrong. Because in Second uh, Corinthians chapter uh, 4 and verse 11, the Bible said to Paul talking to Timothy, when you come, bring John Mark with you. Get this now. For he is profitable to me in the ministry. Whew, if I'd have been a told you so, <laughs> I'd have said, Paul, he wouldn't have been had to had your way. Think about what we've lost. John Mark, after his ministry was salvaged, give us one of the four Gospels. Amen. Isn't that amazing? How God will use somebody to salvage a ministry and work for God's glory. Oh, thank God for the Lord being good enough that he'll get somebody to help us out and salvage our ministry. Baptists are used to shooting their wounded. Amen? Kicking them while they're down. I've told this story. My son, when we had my son, both me and my wife were just teenagers. We got married. I was 17 when we got married. We had our son the next year. Just 18 years older than my son. And uh, we treated him like a toy. We'd make a pallet on the floor, get down with him and play with him. I mean, boy, we enjoyed him. I, and I remember so well, my wife was holding him under the arms and his little feet was just going. I said, look at him, honey. He can walk. She said, no, no, he's not able to walk, honey. I said, oh, look at him. And she said, he's not old enough. He was six months old. I said, well, how old do you have to be to walk? She said, oh, 10, 11 months. I said, yeah, but this is my boy. I believe he can walk. She said, no, no, he can't. I said, I'll tell you what now. You put your hands under his arms and you hold him. I'm going to get down right in front of him and, and, and I'm going to coach him to come to me. You remove your hands. Let him walk. She said, he can't walk. I said, do it. She put her hands under his arms and she had him and I got right down in front of him. I said, come on, come on to daddy. Come on, come on. And boy, he was doing like this and, and all of a sudden, I said to my wife, take your hands out. She took her hands out you standing there, I thought, oh, boy, my heart was just jumping. I thought, I'm going to get to see my boy take his first step. And he picked one of his feet up and fell flat of his face right there on the floor. He said, what'd you do? i tell you what I would have done if I'd have been Baptist. I'd have kicked him. I said, boy, you ought to be walking. Get up from there. No, I didn't kick that little boy. 
I took him up in my arms and I loved him. And I held him until his tears subsided. Thank God. Oh. And you know what? I put him down again. My wife would put her hands on his arms and he'd fall again. And I'd grab him and hold him. And I kicked him. Every time he fell, he might never have learned to walk. Amen. He'll be 63 in March. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, makes me feel old. Hey, he can walk good. <laughs> Amen. I tell you, thank God. Uh, if, we'd have, if we'd have punished him every time and kicked him, isn't that the way we treat young Christians in the church that falter and fail? Instead of picking them up and loving them and helping them like Barnabas did, kick them. Say, so you ought to know better. Oh, thank God for becoming an encourager instead of a discourager. That's what Barnabas was. We all need to become Barnabas Christians. Are you one? Are you an encourager? God bless you. Father, thank you tonight just for the privilege to share this message with this waiting audience. Now, Lord, you know my heart. I'm going to be a blessing and a help. And I pray that you've helped me do that. Rest of the goose will be in a few minutes as he'll come. We'll just say thank you for what you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen.